right, hi, this is uh, episode four of Disorganized Religion. Now, uh, normally, I wouldn't really think it's super necessary to do a, an intro to an episode that already has an intro, but I'm going through and editing this right now and just noticing all of these layering audio issues, which I don't love. Um, so I apologize in advance for that. I'm sure Gav apologizes in advance for it as well. It's really not our intention for that kind of thing, but uh, it's difficult for me to cut out that background noise without cutting off uh, Gav's audio as well, which is a really tricky thing to do. I'm still very new to all of this and, uh, you know, I'm pretty much working full time at the moment. So I don't have all the time in the world to learn audacity and devote myself to things like this. But hopefully this is still a good episode. Hopefully still really enjoy it. Hopefully you can take away some really great messages. And uh, yeah, hopefully you're still listening along and working through Ecclesiastes with us at this snail's pace. We do know uh, that obviously one a, one a week is, is a little bit slow, but um, hey, it's, it's about as much as most people go to church. So I figured it's probably not the worst thing in the world. Anyway, enjoy the episode, uh, episode four, still working through Ecclesiastes. Hope to see you there. All right. Yeah. Part four of disorganized religion where we're uh kind of kind of steaming full uh full speed ahead on ecclesiastes doing chapter seven and eight tonight and we're gonna break down what wisdom is and yep that's that's a big one that's a big one i'm really smart it makes me sad so that's good Happy to be <laughs> yeah, I feel like to read this and be happy kind of means that you're you have a low IQ, but yeah. <laughs> that's all right. Um, Only people with a high IQ are depressed by the Bible. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool, thanks. Let's <laughs> uh, so see how we go. Cool, shall I right. jump into it? Sorry, let's do it. Okay, cool. Uh, this is from chapter seven of Ecclesiastes. A good name is better than fine perfume, and the day of death better than the day of birth. It is better to go to a house of mourning than go to a house of feasting. For death is the destiny of everyone. The living should take this to heart. Frustration is better than laughter, because a sad face is good for the heart. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of pleasure. It is better to heed the rebuke of a wise person than to listen to the song of fools. Like the crackling of thorns under the pot, so is the laughter of fools. This too is meaningless. Extortion turns a wise person into a fool, and a bribe corrupts the heart. A bribe, sorry, not a bribe, uh, corrupts the heart. The end of a matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. Do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. Wisdom, like an inheritance, is a good thing and benefits those who see the sun. Wisdom is a shelter, as money is a shelter. But the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves those who have it. Consider what God has done. Who can strain what he has made crooked? When times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God has made the one as well as the other. Therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. In this meaningless life of mine, I have seen both of these, the righteous perishing in their wickedness and the wicked, oh, sorry, the righteous perishing in their righteousness and the wicked living long in their wickedness. Do not be over-righteous, neither be over-wise. Why destroy yourself? Do not be over-wicked, 
and do not be a fool and I die before your time. It is good to grasp the one and not let go of the other. Whoever fears God will avoid all extremes. Wisdom makes one wise, one wise person more powerful than 10 rulers in a city. Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. Do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you have cursed, you have also cursed others. All this I tested by wisdom, and I said, I am determined to be wise, but this was beyond me. Whatever exists is far off and profound. Who can discover it? So I turned my mind to understand, to investigate, to search out the wisdom and scheme of all things, and to understand the stupidity of wickedness and the madness of folly. I find it more bitter than death, the woman who is a snare, whose heart is a trap, whose hands are chains, the man who pleases God will escape her, but the sinner she will ensnare. Look, the teacher says, this is what I have discovered, adding one thing to another to discover the scheme of things, while I was still searching but not, found, but not finding. I found one upright man among a thousand, but not one upright woman among them all. This only have I found. God created mankind upright, so they have gone in search of many schemes. Oh, there's some spicy stuff in there. There's a lot to break uh, down. Yeah, there's a lot about wisdom. Wacky references to the idea of being a woman. Uh, I'm keen to wrestle through that because I feel like there's a deeper meaning than um, you know, face value. What do you reckon? Where do you want to start? <laughs> I mean, the third line, the, the day of death is better than the day of birth. Like, right out the gate, Ecclesiastes firing on all emotional cylinders straight away. Um, so thank you for that. That's, uh, I, I think, I think it's, it's kind of good, though. It's like, um, it's a very comforting wisdom, you know. It's better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a, a house of feasting for the death uh, for death is the destiny of everyone the living should take this to heart you know that's that's like uh it's a good like make use of the time that you have thing but it's yeah, also yeah. like everyone dies and it's okay to feel the way that you're feeling about that you know like yeah. like i i really struggle with mortality sometimes because you know uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world and there's a lot of like issues and stuff that can arise from from certain conditions and uh and to be 100 percent blunt there's there's no guarantee of of really anything um and and that's why this is based in faith not based in 100 we already know it's going to happen truth because that's just kind of how it is um and so like you know i struggle with that stuff but then reading something like this like hey you know a lot of people probably have those thoughts and it's actually totally valid to feel that way and uh like it's cool if you're afraid but you shouldn't use that fear to break you down you should use it to motivate yourself to do more while you're alive I'm like, oh, okay. mm -hmm. that's a nice way to look at it yeah 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 i think there he's getting it you know like a bit of perspective that's often given to you by when when you face death mm -hmm. at a funeral or whatever a bit of perspective on your own life is a much more valuable thing than trying to like just fill your life with pleasures and good stuff because that gets in the way of perspective yes 
yeah no you're absolutely right you know like the the last page here is talking about how how riches just kind of make you like a fool like you you're relying on this this ridiculous thing that you can't take with you you know don't don't let that crowd the perspective that you've already got which could already be really good really sharp wit and really sharp knowledge and wisdom and stuff don't don't let such earthly things kind of corrupt your view basically um and that's that's really good uh mm. I like the the next part here. It's better to heed the rebuke of a wise person than to listen to the song of fools. You know, that's like uh, <laughs> that's 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 just good advice in general. You know, don't yeah, hard if, advice though. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very difficult advice, but um, I think it's kind of a good, like almost like a good listen to your gut thing. Like if you hear someone and their knowledge really speaks to you, listen to them, hear them out. If you hear someone and what they're saying to you immediately kind of ooh, i don't know about that that's fine just just you don't even have to bother with that that's cool man you do your thing and like you know like a, a real good example right now is like anti-vaxxers and stuff like that you know it's it's just kind of a proven fact at this point that vaccinations scientifically medically historically they do their job <laughs> you know people in developed countries don't die from polio anymore because we developed a vaccination for it and y'all were all fine with that how is that any different <laughs> to the situation right now um you know it's it's about scale and perspective obviously but it's essentially the same argument you know like oh well i'm not going to put this unknown thing in my body half the ingredients in there are already in your body just shut up and take sure. it just, yes. Oh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. Wow. Makes me so mad. Like you are lucky enough to be in a position where you can have healing and the opportunity to make your life freaking normal again, and instead you want to take like horse dewormer to try and sort out your COVID nineteen issues. Don't don't do that. That's not rational. Even if Terrible. you're a highly irrational person, you have to know that's not smart. Like, uh, yeah. come on if the label doesn't say for humans don't take it don't take it you, no one encourages you to eat cat food because it's not meant for you bud like, did someone die from doing the horse thing i don't know because i saw it one time on the news and immediately said i don't want to see that anymore yeah okay yeah, i deleted okay. the yeah. possibility of notifications <laughs> on my news app i was like mm -mm, no don't don't like that thanks it's 9 a.m i'm trying yeah. to eat breakfast yeah, exactly like i've just woken up and this is the first thing i see go away horse pill <laughs> um yeah. I, I really like uh verse eight as well the end of a matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride Whew. Uh, like like that I think, yeah sorry well like a matter doesn't always end well i no. think maybe that's kind of something that he's getting at like if you've finish something and it's failed or if it's succeeded like you've you've won either way you've come regard. to the like, end exactly if your next action you know like you know what to do Whereas, you know you know what yeah. is the biggest problem about something going on and on and on is that you kind of lose clarity you get a bit of tunnel vision when you're kind of bogged it's down dude, that's oh, of course yeah. when you start yeah. something like when you finish something you get a chance to have you know a bit of a reflection exactly you can mm. look back on it and you can go well this could have been different and this could have been different and this could have been different but the truth of the matter is it's already passed you, the best thing you can do now is move forward with that clarity move forward knowing 
well, what's happened has happened. What's come and gone has come and gone. That's fine. Um, and then, you know, patience is better than pride. It's true. Are you going to allow your own, you know, personal feelings and pride get in the way of this thing ending? No. Sometimes you need to be patient and hear someone out. Sometimes you need to hear stuff that you don't want to hear. And that's kind of just part of life. That's like a really important lesson growing up is like, well, sometimes you'll just hear like really, really horrible stuff that you don't agree with. Uh, or, or you might just hear kind of plain stuff that doesn't sit well with you. You know, you can be a Christian and have a conversation with an atheist or an agnostic. You can be an atheist and have a conversation with a Christian. Um, it's encouraged to have that kind of discourse. What's not good is when you take it to heart and you let it break you down. Don't get bogged down uh, in the details. Have the conversation, listen to their points and present your own and move on. You know, uh, same thing when focusing on a task. You shouldn't hammer away at something for days or weeks or months or years if it's breaking you down. If it becomes a matter of, I need to do this because my pride relies on it, you've probably gone a bit too far. It's better to acknowledge when, uh, when something has run its course, you know? Like, patience is a virtue and pride is a sin. These are teachings that have existed for thousands of years for a very good reason, you know? It's a, it's a weird thing to think about, though, because a lot of people don't really see patience as being a virtue these days, I think. A lot of people kind of go... No head first into things which is fine if you're sure of yourself you're sure of yourself but you should also realize that uh for the limited amount of time you have in your eyes it's actually a decent amount of of time you got a, a bit of wiggle room there you can work with that you know uh, yeah <laughs> that's good thanks that's good. Uh, anything you want to bring up uh, oh, I like a verse 10. Why were the old days better than these? Mm. You know, like uh, the good old days. Oh, if, right. if I know you go back to the good old days. If there was a clip associated with said with that one from Andy in the office, have you watched The Office? Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, like, I wish there was a way of knowing you were in the good old days, yeah. days before you <laughs> left them. Oh, yeah. That's like, damn, that's good. But that's also so sad. It is. Like, the, the reason it's so good and it's people, so many people relate to it is because there's, I feel like, we're just generally like got this attitude of like, it used to be better. Yeah. It used to be better. But yeah. And you know, this book asked you, why can't it be good now? You know? Yeah. And, and, and how can you make it better? It, it's, it's less of a like, how good or bad is it? But how can you make, even if what you've got is good now, how can you enjoy it more? You know, I, I like that. Yeah. I, like that. I, I was that um, a, a helpful psychology. Yeah, yeah. I, I had my uh, my first psych appointment in months uh, the other day. And um, he was like, yeah, well, stuff sounds like it's kind of difficult right now. And I can acknowledge it. You're really struggling. But um, you, you, one of the things that, that you really want to try and focus on, like for your own good and like, you know, it was something that I'd brought up to him. He was like, something that you're doing well and need to keep focusing on is like appreciation, you know? Um, don't don't try and bring back what's gone, you know? Just live for now and acknowledge the good around you already. Uh, acknowledge what good is to come. Uh, acknowledge what, uh, what 
help you have and and what love exists in your life and and all the different forms it takes you know as hard as things may be you're extremely lucky so just appreciate that keep appreciating that because eventually it's going to get to a point where you kind of come back full circle you start appreciating yourself for being as strong as you are for being where you are right now and for, for having a body that can take you through the hardships and for for having a brain that doesn't quit when things get tough you know appreciate yourself and appreciate those around you and I think this is is a really good way of kind of saying that you know don't say why were the old days better than these it's not wise to ask such questions you get so bogged down in like this nostalgia fallacy where you can't appreciate your present you know like you you it's so hard to look back on things um with these rose tinted glasses and say well of course that was better than it is now no dude seven years ago i was trying to kill myself six years ago five years ago four years ago shit is hard life is a really difficult thing and it's difficult forever it's kind of the the way that you adapt to that and you bounce back from that that makes it worthwhile though it's it's living with those difficulties and overcoming them or appreciating them. You know, we've talked about it, you and I, before. The, the effect that trauma has on people is unmistakable and undeniable. But there is a positive to everything if you can look close enough. If you can overcome that pain, that trauma, that hardship, whatever it is you're facing, you're stronger for it automatically because it didn't kill you then and there. You're still alive. And that thing is, it's done. It's dusted. Yeah lives in the past i got the scars on my arms to prove it sure doesn't mean it's here right now but you still are appreciate that acknowledge how important that is how monumental that is you know there were countless times in the last decade where i could have called it quits and i would have been done but i had people like you my sister my brothers my parents friends and 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 loved ones who have shown me that it's worthwhile in their words and their actions and their presence. You know, that's what we were talking about a little while ago. You know, your presence is so important when it comes to, to relationships and to personal matters and even to the smallest thing. You know, if I, if I ask my friend, Hey, can you help me? Can you help me move? And, and he says, yeah, of course. And then, you know, you drive for 12 hours and you have a great time together and you, and you're jamming out to, to friggin' road trip songs and stuff. That's amazing. The presence in that car that, that we shared together years ago, unmistakable, undeniable, such, such a living, a living thing, you know, this, this incredible culture that we had just for a day. Um, and that's, that's lived on forever. That is a very special, special memory in my heart. Yeah, I know we're not meant to spend too much time dwelling on why the past was so oh, good, but, but I do love that. That, that it was fantastic. Me so happy that memory. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And could you imagine though, if I had said, "Hey, can you just rock up and take my my shit back down to New South Wales?" and I had sat in the back of your car holding my <laughs> stuff in place so it didn't fall over for twelve hours, there would have been nothing to it. It's about presence. Oh man, that's cool. The point I'm trying to get at is that appreciation is such an underrated thing. And it's so much easier to do than people kind of give it credit for, I think. Um, But it's not their fault. That's also something I want to clarify. It's very difficult to appreciate the good when you feel surrounded by bad. Um, 
you know i mm -hmm. i could count maybe on on three fingers <laughs> how many times in my life i've been like yeah everything feels like exactly how it should right now everything is everything is like right where it needs to be i don't have any negative thoughts in my head and all of those thoughts came right at the beginning of my life when i couldn't comprehend things properly because a part of living is acknowledging that there has to be a balance between good and bad. There is inherently a balance between good or bad. The second you start seeing the world through one lens, and, and that is the lens that you want it to be, you've, you've cheated yourself out of an authentic experience. You know, you, you're, you're playing with your own heart, really. And, um, and so it's really important to acknowledge stuff is hard sometimes. And more important than suffering through hardships is living through them and and moving on to tomorrow and you know we we've talked about this before purpose and and sometimes living for the sake of living is enough so just you know i don't i don't mean to get like emotional and and like fired up and stuff when i do these little talks and i try and break down the bible um but it's it's really important thing to just acknowledge that you're doing well mm. like you are, you're doing really well. And, and you should be proud of yourself for how hard things have been and how strong you've been in response to them. And uh, mm. not enough people do that. And so, yeah, that was just a little personal aside, but I think it's an important thing to say. And this book puts it well, don't look back in the, on the past and say, well, why isn't today as good as yesterday or a week ago or a month ago? Oh, I was still with my, my wife. I was still with my girlfriend, I still lived at home with my parents and I wasn't financially independent and things were easy. Yeah, dude, things may have been easier, but that doesn't mean they were better. It means they were different. Right now, it can be as good as you want it to be. Right now, you can make your life exactly what you want it to be. You can shape it any way. It's still up to you. Just find the way to do that. Find the thing that you love and stick to it. Put your stock into that and and show your passion for it. And when it's had its time, leave it there. Hold that special memory and move on. Your life is going to change constantly. You know, uh, I was talking to my sister today. I was like, man, she's 25 and, uh, and I'm 23 and, and I'm pretty damn confident. My life at 25 is gonna look extremely different to how it looks right now. And that's only two years away, mm. you know? Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy yeah. thing to think about, but I think it's true. Yeah. yeah um, good time. Good time. It's, uh, it's just a, an important thing to acknowledge. You know, you have more power over these things than you think. You got more choice. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like that. I think I really, it's really accurate. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, however you want to, to present that is up to you. You know, you can live as a, as a Christian and ask for tithings. Or you can live as a Christian and, and you know, support people uh, suffering through homelessness and addiction. You can, you can be an atheist and work your entire life for monetary gains. Or you can be an atheist and, you know, set up a non-for-profit organization that gives water to starving families and, and, and dying people in third world countries. And, you know, you can feed the world or you can feed yourself. You don't have to just do one or the other. You can do both, but yeah, you know, like find your purpose, find a good one, and and 
execute it. Figure it out, mate. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Figure it out. You know? Yeah. What a difference a purpose can make. Yeah. And that's why I, I think that's a little bit of like the, the tone and, and the theme here of like wisdom. It, it's that like understanding of your purpose a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so that's why, you know, meaningless has some, uh, sorry, wisdom has some value. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's fascinating the, that it says the advantage of knowledge is this wisdom preserves those who have it. Mm. Like, and, and that's kind of like a, that's a positive but it's also you know in the context it's a bit of a negative too like you're preserved like at, at the end of the day like the most that wisdom can offer you is it like it prolongs your life and you get more joy out of your life but you, death is still coming yeah like, I, that's I mean, fascinating you can't be so like you, you can't be so wise that you avoid it that you'll never die that's right mm-hmm. exactly you know like I, I think i think it's also a little bit like you know you, you hold this wisdom about academia, about the world, about X, Y, Z. You know enough about that. That'll live on for a little while. Yeah. You know, there, there are textbooks from deceased individuals that we still read. The teachings about from like Einstein and, and Tesla and stuff are still taught today. And, you know, we were talking about Nelson Mandela last week. Like all of that stuff lives on. But um, everything fades to dust eventually. Yeah, there, there'll be a time where no one remembers any of those names that I just said. Those names, mm. those names will be a carbon footprint that we can't even identify <laughs> anymore. There'll be a point in time where everything here is dust. You can't avoid it. Um, so yeah, live a long, good life with, with the wisdom that, that this book is telling you. And basically it's telling you, well, you've got a purpose. You just need to find it. You're going to die. And that's okay. That's yeah. it. You can summarize that book with those two phrases right there. You know, yeah. like, it doesn't really matter how much money you make. If you're not happy, what does it do? If you're not fulfilled, what does it do? You can't get joy out of riches. You can't, you can't have eternal life through wisdom. You know, everything ends and that's fine. Just acknowledge it and move on. Find your purpose. Use death as a motivator. Don't fear it don't run from it doesn't stop you know no matter how hard you try do not be over righteous do not be over wicked which implies there is a right amount of righteousness and there is a right amount of wickedness this book automatically identifies yeah there are going to be times in your life where you stop and you make mistakes uh, and there are going to be times in your life where you're actually on the upper hand you have you have the right to speak up and say those things don't play too hard to either side though you can be a villain if you do either of those things you know like prime example from the bible itself the pharisees poo-pooing on the son of god no dude what right do you have don't be over righteous this book this book ecclesiastes written before then like come on lads just (laughs) Oh, it was right there <laughs> you know yeah. and those are like hard judgment calls to make when am i being too overrighteous? when am i being too over wicked is there a, a way to have a good balance probably not but be authentic and and see where the where the scales tip you know just just live your life and at some point you'll figure it out you know uh.
Mm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this basically just says don't get bogged down in shit that you can't control because you can't mm. control it. Don't get don't get yes. hung up on what people are saying. Don't get hung up on the past. Don't get hung up about death. Nothing you can do about it. I think that almost summarizes the whole book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Can we have a rest of it? Can I? I'll give you a little bit of context on Solomon and then see if that kind of helps us. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm particularly looking at verses 26 and 28. Okay. Where it seems to have a... a um, uh, the look at the woman? Yeah. Yeah. A very, very... A little questionable. Very negative light. As, as if there's no good at all to be found yeah. with women. Anyway, that's uh, uh, so the context of Solomon, uh, you know, son of David. Uh, David, I don't know if this is relevant or not, but um, was, you know, the, the king that was after God's own heart um, and really just in every every way was just like the most wonderful dude, um, worked really hard, you know, big Goliath when he was a young boy, but then, you know, had so much character um, all through the story. You can read all about it in 2 Samuel. And then it gets up to the point um, where he's just like, you know, chilling in his castle and he looks out over the city and he sees a woman bathing on her roof and he's like, damn, um, I want that for myself. And uh, anyway, invites the girl over. Um, has sex with her, she gets pregnant, he goes, oh, no, um, because uh, her husband was Isaiah the Hittite. No, actually, I don't know if he's Hittite or whatever, but <laughs> um, he was, you know, King David's army general and, and a very dedicated one, and quite senior, high-ranking. He's like, oh, man, what am I going to do? So he uh, orders for the troops to, you know, push into battle and then withdraw quickly and Isaiah to die in battle and that way uh, then he could have his eyes wife that's Shiva as, as his wife and boy God did not look favorably upon that <laughs> so that's not cool dude what? <laughs> no so like some of David's children you know God God kind of had a an immediate earthly judgment but also like a future judgment as well um, in terms of like um that just things started going wrong for him like he's he's he lost a, a stillbirth child kind of thing or actually or maybe it was a young kid that got kind of just smited anyway it's real messy real nasty um and this is all kind of put down to you know david going off track um really poorly really badly um and then King Solomon comes, he gets the, the throne, everything's gone really well. The king is like huge now, you know. His so King Solomon's got everything he ever wants, as you can see in this book. Um, and then he, he starts taking wives from other nations. Um, and they kind of bring their idols into the palace in his home and to the point where he worships the other idols and the other gods with his new wives from the other nations. Um, and that eventually kind of leads to the downfall of Solomon and the whole kingdom kind of splits and, yeah. and goes uh, off track. And that's kind of like that, that was the peak of the Jewish nation and it all went down and, and like it, it never recovered from that um, yeah, after like Solomon's kingdom was split. Hey, hello. <laughs> I like your beard. It's Thank you. I like it too. 
He likes it too. <laughs> um, and so this, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not particularly convinced of a particular viewpoint here because I haven't really looked into a researcher too much. Um, but if we're saying that this book is from Solomon's own experience, um, it kind of would lead itself to almost like if, if he's saying, you know, um, I find more bitter than death a woman who is a snare, whose heart is trapped, whose hands are chains. The man who pleases God will escape her, which Solomon didn't do. He fits into the next category of the sinner she will ensnare. Um, he, there's a that that kind of is where my head goes with with this uh, is this kind of explanation it's in that like Solomon's own experience was um yeah that his wives brought um he, he had like 300 wives 700 concubines whatever strange um but it yeah pretty pretty silly <laughs> mm. If this is, if Ecclesiastes is supposed to be an account from Solomon, right? Mm -hmm. It kind of sounds like it's a man whose heart has been broken and his favor with God has been lost because of that. You know, like more, mm -hmm. more bitter than death, the woman who is a snare. Like it's not, it's not, uh, it's not the woman's fault. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, no. I allowed no, myself no. to be, to be, you know, blinded by this like lust and passion that i had for yes. you that i turned away from god he's not necessarily saying you know when he says i found one upright man among a thousand but not one upright woman among them all he wasn't saying hey this one guy here is fine and all of you women here suck he's saying there's not a single one of you that i can look at without just pure lust uh, <laughs> Solomon is saying, I got no control over my dick, and that's something I need to work on. <laughs> I, I think that, yes, I mean, it doesn't say it in those exact words. No, but, um, you know, it's, it's no, that yeah, kind yeah, of sentiment yeah. of him looking back and being like, I failed my God because I was a horny dude, and that uh, sucks. 700 people is a lot, and if each uh, one of them uh, brings an idol, suddenly I've lost the big picture and there's just all this crap on my floor now. And I don't know what I'm even praying for. I don't know what I'm praying to. He's not mm. saying, hey, our two genders are divided and one of them is like objectively better than the other. He's saying, I am deeply flawed and uh, I allowed that to kind of take away any sort of standing I had with God because I was blinded by earthly lust and, and passion and shite like that. Yep. Yep. And that, that makes a, well, that makes a lot more sense in the kind of the broader context of, you know, what the Bible kind of says about, you know, men and women and, yeah. <laughs> and righteousness and both of them being able to pursue that. Not as though, you know. Yeah. I think Ecclesiastes is... stands out as a sore thumb for a lot of reasons. And mm. one of the reasons is that it's written from his account, you know, yeah. not that it's written as this holy text that was passed down by word of mouth through the holiest of men, but that it's an integral lesson in human life. Um, and it's, and, and it's a learning in the human experience. You know, it's not the Holy word passed down from God to Jesus, to, to the 12, to the Pharisees. It is one dude admitting all of his mistakes and saying, this is what I did do better. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the smartest goddamn dude in my kingdom, and I'm still depressed. Look where it got me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's a lot I about. I fell out of favor with God. Mm-hmm. And a lot about, um, you know, pursuing perspective rather than, you know, narrowing your focus. And I feel like with that horny old Solomon over here, <laughs> didn't do that very well. No. Mm. And, and admitting that is obviously, you know, a big part of, uh, of kind of overcoming its sway on him, but he still acknowledges like I was horny and it basically like ruined me. <laughs> and his father. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's like, it's one of many things, one of many mistakes that he made, you know, he, oh, yeah. he accrued all these riches and he accrued all this wealth and he accrued all these women. And uh, what did it lead to? jack shit because he comes to the conclusion at the beginning and i'm sure at the end of this book where he says none of it makes any sense none of it matters everything is pointless god is all that matters god damn it i was so stupid he's probably slammed his head against the table he's he's getting like really mad at himself and punching shit and smashing vases and kicking over idols and he's like why did i do this i'm i'm stupid as hell and the scribe that's writing this for him is probably having a nervous breakdown because he's like, oh, no, my king, what a weird dude. This horny old man is freaking out. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what happened. That's like how I imagine. It's my headcanon, yeah. Oh, dude, I, I, that, that sounds spot on to me. Shall we read the next chapter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's press on. Chapter eight. Who is like the wise? Who knows the explanation of things? A person's wisdom brightens their face and changes its hard appearance. Obey the king's command, I say, because you took an oath before God. Do not be in a hurry to leave the king's presence. Do not stand up for a bad cause, for he will do whatever he pleases. Since the king's word is supreme, who can say to him, what are you doing? Oof. Let's touch on that in a second. Uh Whoever obeys his command will come to no harm, and the wise heart will know the proper time and procedure. For there is a proper time and procedure for every matter, though a person may be weighed down by misery. Since no one knows the future, who can tell someone uh, who can tell someone else what is to come? As no one has power over the wind to contain it, so no one has power over the time of their death. Uh, all no one, uh, as no one is discharged in time of war, so wickedness will not release those who practice it. All this I saw as I applied to my mind to everything done under the sun. There is a time when a man lords it over others to his own hurt. Then, too, I saw the wicked buried, those who used to come and go from the holy place and receive praise in the city where they did this. This, too, is meaningless. When the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, people's hearts are filled with schemes to do wrong. Hmm. Although a wicked person who commits a hundred crimes may live a long time, I know that it will go better with those who fear God, who are reverent before him. Yet because the wicked do not fear God, It will not go well with them, and their days will not lengthen like a shadow. There is something else meaningless that occurs on earth. The righteous who get what the wicked deserve, and the wicked who get what the righteous deserve. This too, I say, is meaningless. So I I commend the enjoyment of life, because there is nothing better uh, for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of the life God has given them under the sun. When I applied my mind to know wisdom and to observe the labor that is done on earth, people getting no sleep day or night, then I saw all that God has done. 
no one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. Despite all their efforts to search it out, no one can discover its meaning. Even if the wise claim they know, they cannot really comprehend it. Now, that ending line is very important because this is the smartest man on earth saying, even I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's like yes. if a thousand Einsteins fused together and couldn't solve a question, they'd be like, I don't, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't, this is, it's beyond me. And acknowledging that is a very important thing. It's about coming to peace with the, the unknowable. And just, that's a very difficult thing, you know? Mm. Like, um, here we go. As no one has power over the wind to contain it, so no one has power over the time of their death. If you could see the future and you knew the exact moment you died, there's still nothing you could do to change it. Why bother? Why bother? Mm. What's the point? Mm. Damn. Mm. Damn, dude. This book is just like, live in the freaking moment. <laughs> Stop worrying about other shit so much, please. Yeah, yeah. Don't get bogged down. Yeah. You have, you have the opportunity to, what does it say, drink, eat, drink, and be glad. Yeah. But you just fill your head with other junk. <laughs> yeah, you know. I commend the enjoyment of life because there's nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of the life God has given them under the sun. If you can just be freaking happy right now, every single day that you have from here on in, you'll still be happy. Hmm. If you can capture this happiness and appreciate it exactly hmm. as it is right now, just hold on hmm. to that. That'll get you through life. Hmm. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about the past. Don't worry about your scars. Don't worry about the, the future that's out of your grasp right now. Don't worry about the negatives that you can't control. Don't worry about that stupid conversation you had and that argument that you started. Don't worry about the fights that you've had. Focus on the happiness. Live in the happiness. Acknowledge everything else, but don't let it hold power over you. Contain your damn happiness right now, right here in this little continuum and just let it expand, let it grow with you. Let it live as long as you do. You'll die happy. That's good. That's very good. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yes. There's uh, some other fun things in there. What do you want to talk about next? Oh, um, geez. <laughs> There's there's quite a few. I want to get your perspective on um on verse fourteen. There's something yeah. else meaningless that occurs on earth: the righteous who get what the wicked deserve, and the wicked who get what the righteous deserve. This too, I say, is meaningless. What uh, uh, what do you think he means there? Righteous and wicked getting what the other deserves. Oh, I think it's this. Like he keeps coming back to this idea of like oh, um, he does it all through the book too, but like. Oh, hang on. What's what's the phrase like? Um, you know, like why does why does bad why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah, that's uh, like entirely the the kind of the sentiment here, and I think it's a little bit of like, well, people go out and say you should do good things, but then bad things happen anyway. Mm-hmm. Therefore, is why it really that helpful? Yeah, yeah, why why do you go and do the good things anyway? Like you, you can't. You're not solving the problem. Why do you why do you keep saying you're solving the problem? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
the people who live the other the other way seem to enjoy their life or maybe they don't enjoy their life but they get the things that they're after um mm. the the righteous get who get what the wicked deserve and the wicked who get what the righteous deserve yeah i think this the righteousness and wickedness kind of throughout the rest of the bible i think or at least the word righteousness is usually kind of like a, a pursuit of godliness. Mm. But this here in this context, and like Ecclesiastes is so kind of unique here. Um, I, I think it's more just like a, a people who, who who live their lives to do good things and to, you know, try and bring order and goodness into the world. Um, and then he's like, oh, all those people, you know, they died of cancer. Not that he knew what cancer was, but that's that's the kind of the vibe. Yeah, and I feel like it's, it's kind of touching on this, this yearning that we get and like, here we go, how is that fair? Um, and when we're kind of like just in the academic space, it's easy to be like, oh, well, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But then if, if, you know, death or real, real heartache kind of comes close to us and like we say, particularly with someone that we really love, um, that's a, a whole different story because at that point we really find ourselves going, how? did this happen to this person you know this they are so wonderful they've tried to do everything right you know it's just it's just unfair and you're saying life is unfair yeah it's um yeah we, we shouldn't kind of expect it sorry uh, yeah just no, no, we shouldn't right. expect it to play out in this formulaic Exactly. Uh, there, there is no right. idyllic way for this to play out. It's always going to be unfair and unbalanced. And, and that's the, the really difficult thing about like acknowledging your place in the world. You mm. have as much influence over your decisions and other people's reactions to them as they do to their decisions and your reaction, you know, mm. just because you think you're doing well and you think you deserve to be treated right. doesn't mean you will. Even if you do something bad, you might get something right. Um, and, and, and get things that you feel maybe you don't deserve. That's called imposter syndrome. Um, all, all of this can be broken down in psychological studies if we had three or four hours, but we don't at the moment. Um, a lot of it is just like, shit sucks sometimes. And you shouldn't expect life to be, you're right, formulaic. It shouldn't be cookie cutter. It shouldn't be step by step. It's supposed to be hard. It's mm. something you learn constantly to adapt to that's what life is it's it's a growing experience it's a it's a learning experience you know you you have a lot of room to grow why are you so afraid of it why are you so afraid to grow and you know when it says the the wicked getting what the righteous deserve and the righteous getting what the wicked deserve i think you can even simplify it further than that and just say well we're all people and good and bad stuff happens to everyone, you know? And, and it's also about perspective. Someone who lives yeah. in a third world country who doesn't have access to clean food and, and good water and, and stuff like that, and they're going to be so appreciative of that one person who sponsored their family for three months so that they could eat. They may not even have that ever again in their life because that person over there who was like, oh, this is a, a big deal for me. I'm doing a good thing. That person over there might not be able to keep that up. But these people who haven't experienced any other good may hold on to that good as the greatest good they've ever known. Mm. It's, it's not even like a, a deserved thing. 
it's just shit happens. Life is freaking difficult. You either live with it or you don't. But because you're alive right now, that already means you're living with it. Just keep that up. Keep up the spirit of of fighting through the hard stuff. Keep up the fight of, you know, your personal strength and and vigilance and resilience against the difficulties of the world. Everything, everything has a thorn, you know. Yeah. All all good things come to an end anyway. It's, it's not about good or bad existing in any one point in time. It's about the fact that everyone's going to experience really difficult shit. <laughs> and acknowledging that and coming to terms with that and then facing those those hardships when they come, that's what really matters. Uh, uh, uh. Yep. Yeah, rather than kind of complaining and saying this isn't fair exactly and it might not be fair oh no it's certainly not fair (laughs) you're allowed to to tell you otherwise or try to invalidate your feelings but the second you get to the conclusion that it's already happening you can just move on Mm -hmm. you know like you you were saying you know if uh, if someone devotes their entire life to this and they you know, they die at a young age of cancer or something horrible happens to them. That happens every day around the world. That mm. happens every single day. There is not a single day where a, a single person on this planet uh, is completely safe from harm. Like, mm. the, at, at least, at least one person a day is dying of some horrible disease or being mm. killed for speaking out against uh, ideas that they don't believe in. You know, people are being oppressed, nations at a time. People are being bastardized um, in in their in their teachings. You know, like good men's words are being turned to to feeble minds to corrupt people. You know, people are being exploited and and murdered and raped and just horrible things every day. The second you can kind of contain your own experience and acknowledge that bad shit's going to happen and what matters is how you deal with it and face it and move on, your life suddenly has a lot more purpose. Doesn't mean it's easier because it's not. It's never easy to go through that stuff. It's going to be hard every time. Um, But it comes back to the idea of living for the sake of living. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes that can be what gets you through it and your purpose can just be to live through that stuff mm. right now really really prime time for this kind of conversation because everyone's mm. doing it kind of rough and um if if that wasn't already tough you've also got the kind of everyday stuff that that people aren't appreciating as much because of the pandemic you know you still have poverty and and hunger and you know domestic violence and abuse and and relationships ending and and family members dying and horrible horrible stuff like that you have diseases on top of this goddamn covid shit but um but it's okay to to acknowledge those things and 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 appreciate how difficult it is what really matters though is that you keep trying as long as you you're not drawing your final breath there's still something you can do about it 
can still reach out. You can still have these sorts of conversations. You can support others. You can donate money. You can donate your time. You, you know, there's lots you can do for yourself and for others. Just you got to do it though. That's mm. the hardest part sometimes is actually doing it, right? Like, you know, I know I have kind of a, a personal history of my own of not reaching out in times of need, but the second I told you, hey, stuff isn't all good in my life, you're like, well, let's just start doing catch-ups and then just make sure that we're there for each other. And I was like, well, that's amazing. Because I, I wouldn't have done that myself personally, you know, just to be completely honest, as much as I love you and, and I want to spend these times with you and have these conversations, it's just not in my nature sometimes to reach out even when I really need it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, that's a, that's a thing that I need to learn to do. I need to learn to reach out and to appreciate the people around me and who and what I have. And, uh, and if it wasn't for people like you, I wouldn't have the opportunity to appreciate those things. You know, I wouldn't have the opportunity to appreciate what we have right now. If you hadn't reached out and just said, Hey, let's just catch up. And, you know, I want to be there for you make sure you're okay. So thank you for that. You know, and, and thank you to, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but, you know, like, it's not just a, like, a, you know, I get, I get a lot out of it. <laughs> I'm glad because you know it it means a lot um that that you or anyone would would kind of put themselves out there for that sort of thing um and it's something to to be cherished and something to learn uh and learn from and you know like I said the, the hardest part sometimes is just doing it and and making that effort and reaching out and taking that first step yeah yeah it's interesting. absolutely it's interesting you know the the, the, the effects that just talking about the stuff can have, what it brings up sometimes. Oh, so, sorry, man. No, not in, not in, not in a bad way. In, okay. uh, in, a, in a good way, almost. Like, mm. it's really important to acknowledge stuff like that. You know, I don't, I don't talk about my, my history of, of self-harm and my interactions with and around suicide and things like that. I don't talk about it to, to, to bum us out obviously yeah. we'll have that effect sometimes it's difficult stuff to talk about i talk about yeah. it because i think it's important to acknowledge it yeah. um, it left an impact and that's okay yeah. it, it 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 leaves its mark I, there yeah. are scars still on my body there are mental and emotional scars that they won't go away but they can heal it's it's okay to to talk about this stuff it's actually good to talk about this stuff yeah. there are psychological studies that show talking about trauma soon after it happens helps you process and appreciate it more that's a real thing that's an actual study that's been taken yes yeah. can i add on to that jump yeah. off that um apparently uh when when yeah when, when you when you start talking about something that's happened in the past or something like you get to rewrite a little bit like the emotion and and the kind of the feeling that goes along with it too that's literally what I'm doing in therapy right now. So ah, there's this practice called EMDR, which All is right. eye movement, something, something. Um, sure. But basically you simulate the idea of dreaming by moving your eyes back and forth rapidly while yeah. you're, while you're focusing on a particular trauma. Right. And oh. it allows you to vividly re-experience it and associate wow. your current emotions with it and try and take back some of the power that it has, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's a very, very real thing. It's a very taxing thing, but it's a very real uh, like practice, you know? Mm. Um, comprehension 
of of trauma is a very very uh underrated thing it's not really spoken about too much but understanding the pain that you've been through at any time in your life is a really important thing in kind of taking back a little bit of yourself you know mm -hmm. like the the exact thing that my therapist said was you know the stuff that you're handling from your childhood young chris is still holding on to that um mm. and even though adult chris may have moved on all of you hasn't fully grown up yet you just got to kind of let yourself catch up you know take mm. that memory and hold on to it and live with it right now acknowledge that you're alive despite the pain that memory has caused you and it'll change how you feel about that trauma mm. it'll it'll completely change your perspective on it and uh oh that that was such a powerful and difficult lesson for me to learn it is wow. it is such a, a taxing thing to go through that stuff with with some pretty pretty heavy things um but it's it's so powerful and important to know and um yeah i know this is supposed to be about the bible and we're supposed to be talking about <laughs> it's relevant. Relevant. um but i i think it's i think it's relevant you know it's about it's about acknowledging that your present is mm -hmm. uh it's affected by your past but it's not necessarily you know completely shaped by it you, you still have the power over what has happened you have the power over what is happening and what will happen and um so long as you can take the proper avenues and and you do it in a safe way that that really honors yourself and it and uh cherishes the importance and the weight of those things that i think it's a, a perfectly fine thing to do I, I would actually recommend it you know mm -hmm. there's um there's a lot of hurt in the world uh and there's a lot of hurt in everyone there isn't a single person that i've met that hasn't had something difficult happen to them um and you you may not necessarily see certain people's experiences as 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 a you know difficult as your own but it's about scale and perspective and and experience you know if if i'm 23 and i i've been through just the worst stuff that i can think about that doesn't mean it's the worst stuff that could happen doesn't mean it's the worst stuff that you've been through doesn't mean it's the worst stuff that someone who's in their teens has been through or someone in their 40s has been through trauma is a personal thing life is a personal thing faith is a personal thing every single segment of your life can be boiled down to individuality how you shape it is the thing that matters the most i think mm. um and yeah and that's that's not directly related to this but i think it's an important message to <laughs> people anyway it's a great message because it's true it's true the second you can start reclaiming some of that power the second you can start moving on with your life finding purpose acknowledging that even though life is fleeting there's still something to live for yeah. big time yeah i did this means blended yeah Shall we call it i've really enjoyed this let's call it it is 10 30 it's getting a bit late been talking for a, an hour or so now um yeah i've really enjoyed this talk i know Thank you, so a little much. bit off the rails at the end there <laughs> might do like a little little intermission if if we keep going with disorganized religion because i have ideas post ecclesiastes if you're interested if we keep going with disorganized religion i i, I reckon we should do a little intermission where we kind of just take a break from the bible we bring our own kind of personal takes onto things into it 
and we we share experiences and and little little tidbits and uh, and have honest conversations like this um, Love it. before we move on because I think there's really good ways to link back to the stories in here through personal uh, experience and nice. I. I'm a big champion of this book reflects the human life much more than you know. So, oh, I, so am I. So yeah, am I. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a good lesson to learn. I like that a lot. Cool. Thanks so much, man. Thank All you, right. dude. Really appreciate it. Catch you next it. time. I'll, uh, I'll see you soon. See ya.